episode 197 of the Anarchist News Podcast, a digest and or conversations on anarchist activity, ideas, and conversations from the previous week on anarchistnews.org. If you have an editorial you'd like to read or have us read for you, let us know by emailing it to us at podcast at anarchistnews.org. What's new this week? A critique of emergency measures that remove freedom of assembly from North Shore Counter Info. As we get time to both understand what's going on and ponder what it means, there will be more pieces like this, neither denying that there is a life-threatening disease nor accepting the government's every word on how to address it. That said, anything that argues that anarchists should be fighting for rights seems off the mark. Quote, My perspective is that previous generations of activists fought so that we could have some of the legal protections that we have. They weren't gifts from benevolent masters, they were hard won. My point is that if the state is able to take a right away, why would they give it back? I think that rights exist in the minds of the people. In order for a people to behave as if they have a right, they must believe that they have that right. My concern is that many people seem to no longer believe that freedom of assembly is a right that their neighbors should have. For one thing, we are witnessing the rise of a snitch culture. A certain segment of the population now feels that they are doing the moral thing by reporting their neighbors to the police. As members of an oft-criminalized political leaning, we should be concerned." Unquote. The author says that this is an opening to an ongoing conversation and posts an email address. I hope we see fruits of this. Banner Drop and Solidarity with Rojava by Anarchists in Indonesia from Ringo189. Quote, Almost daily, Turkish artillery fire hits what have become home to hundreds of thousands of displaced people from the occupied territories of the canton of Afrin. Not a day goes by without reports of further kidnappings and murders. Extortion, looting, robbery, and rape are not exceptions. With a bloody struggle and under the slogan, Smash Turkish Fascism, we also support Rojava liberation and the efforts made to smash Turkish fascism. Several individual acts in solidarity with a banner that says, Evict Turkish fascism! Long live Rojava liberation! International solidarity for Rojava slash Kurdistan! We call for more solidarity to any Rojava liberation combatants, unquote. Five months of direct action disrupt old growth logging from Anon. Quote, anarchists have contributed in various ways, including an autonomous action which felled trees and locked a gate to block access to an active logging road on Edinburgh Mountain. The loudest voices in the movement are largely liberal and reformist, and therefore vulnerable to rec recuperation by politicians and BC's highly collaborationist and parasitic environmental NGOs, some of which have predictably tried to piggyback on the success of the blockades for their own fundraising and campaigns, which divert people away from grassroots action. Nevertheless, the blockades and other actions have so far remained grassroots and autonomous, even while receiving celebrity endorsements and bolstering demands to end old-growth logging by the Union of BC Indian Chiefs." Unquote. Lots of links at the bottom for more information. Aotearoa Workers' Solidarity Movement's latest newsletter is out now, from AWSM. Anarcho-communist messages on elections, the new year, a referendum on pot, book reviews, and a reprint of Graeber's piece, You May Already Be an Anarchist, in which he disavows crazed nihilists who just want to blow everything up. Graeber, <laughs> Graeber and A.A.W.S.M. sitting in a tree. D-I-S-A-V-O-W-I-N-G. Nora 219A Manifesto from Nora 219 Circle A. 
An environmental group, apparently out of Poland, has some demands in defense of the Bieszczady National Park and other nature reserves and requests money to cover costs for operating and legal defense. Quote, since all other methods have failed, we have decided to look after their welfare and protect the forest from greed and man's lust for power. Shoulder to shoulder, paw to paw, no matter what, we drive back and begin the forest revolution. Join us and stand on the side of those who cannot fight for themselves. Free forests for all creatures. Unquote. Constructing an Anarchism Synthesis from Libertarian Labyrinth by Sean Wilburn. Due to logistical issues, there is no you mad bro this week for us to talk again about this excellent opportunity provided by Sean. This week the topic is synthesis, quote, the element of anarchist practice that involves relating the various approximations to one another and to the developing anarchist tradition. Looking backward toward the tradition, it is a matter of establishing some continuity between applications, which may involve radical rethinking in some contexts, but also we would expect some kind of development, both in our own ideas and in collective conceptions. Looking forward, it is a question of renewing the tradition, perpetuating it through novel applications. And then there is the question of relating concurrent approximations, unquote. Anyone who is not taking advantage of Sean's invitation, whether because of some perceived political disagreement or in rejection of his offered writings, is disturbingly short-sighted. This is a great chance to talk about your own ideas with as much structure and framing as you want to accept. Have fun! Learn about yourself! Maybe even in that order. After Landlords, from liverpoolanarchist.wordpress.com, a local newsletter. An endearingly brief explanation of an anarcho-communist vision of housing for once folks have come together, seized workplaces, and abolished the state once and for all. Quote, In a free and equal society, houses would be built for living in, not for profit. They should be built to last, both functional and beautiful. The way we live could be transformed entirely. Building collective housing that is eco-friendly, provides shared utilities, and includes spaces for communal meals and mutual childcare, all under the direct democratic control of residents. But variety and choice must also be assured. Many people value the privacy and seclusion of their own homes. We would not wish to find ourselves living in the state-administered concrete blocks of a Stalinist nightmare any more than the dilapidated and insecure housing we survive in today. Unquote. Aww. Toby, anarchist compañero from the Biblioteca Social Reconstruir, passes away from its going down. <clears throat> His absence hurts deeply, but we are left with who he was, his life remains in our memories, his friendship, care, and brotherhood remain with us, his childlike look, his smile, his tenderness, his unyielding skill. We are left with what we learn from him and with him. We are left with the teaching that anarchism is practiced on daily basis through constant and militant solidarity and fraternity. We are left with his conviction that anarchism is our path, unquote. There's also a brief video of Toby speaking to an audience, death of another too young old punk anarchist. Fuck this shit. On being an ethical anarchist and shit like that. From Alas Barricadas by Acratosario Rex, English translation by Anarchist News. This week is fascinating. Multiple pieces on ethics and what it means to be an anarchist. A quick and dirty description would say this short text is anti-moralism, despite it using the word ethics. But of course, the difference between ethics and morals is not so clear, and people who argue against either or both are frequently not so articulate or understandable. 
So this, again, short text ends up arguing against a prescribed morality, which I will define as being connected to a hierarchy of people telling you what is moral slash good behavior. And the text connects to that rejection, the promotion of anarchism is us doing what we want. I think it's fair to say that the stress between those two tendencies can be called part of the anarchist tension. This text is not the most compelling argument for its perspective, but has a charm nonetheless. Does one have to be a perfect person to be an anarchist? From Pensar en el Margen by Laura Vicente, translation by Anarchist News. Number two in this week's unofficial theme. Maybe these folks have been inspired by Sean's workshop? Anyway, this one argues against perfectionism, citing Graeber, Italian Emma Deo Bertolo, Yuri Gordon, and Emma in an argument that also emphasizes individual freedom. Quote, Anarchism, therefore, has never been something finished and closed, but rather diverse and multifaceted. Helpful towards this is the adogmatic attitude, careful to avoid any theory that is rigid and systematic, together with the insistence on individual freedom of choice, unquote. I am an anarchist, Brian McCarville, from Perilous Chronicle by M.G. Belka. Perilous Chronicle is, quote, a chronicle of prisoner unrest across the U.S. and Canada, unquote. This is a somewhat extensive story of the prison career, mostly as an inmate lawyer, of McCarville, who, from inside and with Rob Los Ricos, won a lawsuit against the prison that was withholding anarchist literature from inmates. Despite severe health problems over years, he was a legal resource for other inmates. He died of COVID. Quote, According to Oregon Department of Corrections official COVID-19 tracker, 26 of the thousands of people who have been infected while incarcerated in an Oregon prison have died of complications from the virus. Their spreadsheet does not say when or in which facility people have died. Those facts have to be found through newspaper reports, press releases, and social media. Most of their names are unknown, but not all of them. Unquote. Consent. From chi.st, which is the most minimalist est blog site I have ever seen, but does include previous entries entitled, among others, Illegalism, Communal Showers, Representation, and Are There Others Like Me? This is a blog written by an anarchist, but since we're sort of in a post-clarity era, one would probably have to read the blog to find out what that means. This particular entry is about the argument against public or semi-public nudity that consent is required. It uses CrimeThink's Terra Incognita as a jumping-off point for the question of how the consent framework has come to be applied to all the things. The author rejects the sexualization of nudity, compares asking for consent for nudity, benign, to asking permission to smoke cigarettes, not benign, and in general provides a pretty interesting argument about something that I didn't know I should care about. Cool. The father of self-reliance, Korea's nationalist-turned-anarchist visionary, Sin Che-ho from Center for a Stateless Society, a.k.a. C4SS, by Rob York. A brief example of how anarchist arguments and reasoning get ignored and subverted by those in power when they're noticed at all. In this case, the example is of a liberal who becomes an anarchist and then dies in prison. Yay, history. The state is terror we don't scare, from anarcistfaliet.org, a site in a language I don't recognize, with the black and red banner, which could be suspicious, or could just be a dramatic color combination. This is a message of resistance in Istanbul. Quote, Let's say it again. Every prohibition is a sign of fear. The youth was in front of the university against the trustee rector of Bogazishi University, appointed by the president on January 4th, 2021. 
There was anger of thousands of young people who demanded justice in the face of law enforcement. This angry determination frightened appointed trustee rector Meli Bloom and his appointees. Those who were afraid attacked the youth, attacked with baton, shield, rubber bullet, and water cannons. They thought they were going to frighten the youth and scare them away. Nobody ran away. The youth pushed and pushed, and the police absurdly tried to protect themselves by handcuffing the door of Bogazici University." Unquote. Why we need real anarchy from CrimeThink. Blah. This is CrimeThink back to the usual, we must, we must, we must do all these things that we don't have any power to do. Included is some faulty analysis. Regarding the capital invasion, quote, of course, the dream became a nightmare, whether they were trampled by their MAGA comrades, shot or beaten by police, fired from their jobs, or arrested on federal charges, or simply returned home with the world labeling them seditious traitors, their efforts to take revenge for the profound disempowerment of the election by disempowering others failed for now. Unquote. What I'm hearing is that the organizers of the invasion consider it to have been a definite success. That's not what most mainstream news sites are saying, but is what is reported by people who are listening to those organizers. You'd think a crime think, as pro-organizing as they are now, would recognize the difference between what mainstream media says about an event and what the participants think about it. Examining the pro-state problem of American anarchists from Reed Wildermuth, the writer and the blog. I would put this as another in the what is an anarchist sub-theme this week, as Reed ponders the liberals who think they're anarchists or even just anti-state. Quote, the particular madness right now is, of course, the insistence by many otherwise staunchly anti-capitalist and anti-state leftists that, one, the actions of Twitter and other social media companies to ban accounts of Trump and others should be supported, and two, the American police and military apparatus needs to immediately and harshly hunt down the people who protested and rioted in the Capitol, as well as those vowing to do so again. It's a weird position for people whose politics are supposedly anti-state and anti-capitalist, unquote. Anne Reid blames this growing tendency of confusion on the fight against fascism as Antifa forces and centrist organizations began to blend. Quote, While that made more centrist people a tiny bit more radical, it really pulled most leftist discourse towards the center and towards a pro-state position. American leftists, especially anarchists, have been acting as if the rise of fascism is a state of emergency so great that allying with the state and the capitalists is the only solution. The problem is that this solution is the actual emergency and what will eventually lead to actually existing fascism with its own particular kinds of solutions for dissent." Unquote. Yep. Also, you could read a critic's comment on the Crime Thing story from last week. Anarchist News outage, maintenance. Saturday, if you missed the notice, Anarchist News will be slash was down for maintenance of the data center where the servers live. Neither an insurrection or revolt from its going down. Sigh. IGD has to rush to comfort anyone who is confused by the gross similarities between the capital invasion and leftist occupations to clarify that they're bad and we're, we're good. good. They believe in bad, bad things. things. The cops are on their, their side. side. They were doing what a politician told, told them, them to, to do. Trump, Trump is terrible. terrible. None of those things are wrong. Did they need to be said, though? Anarchism and Environmental Struggle from Terra Nullius by Alexander Dunlap. Terra Nullius is a site for a Norwegian university. This is part one of a conversation with Peter Gelderloos in which Dunlap allows Peter to talk about something other than his nonviolence writing, which is a welcome break. I personally don't think that Peter's history with any of the topics gets a chance to shine in this fairly short installment, but maybe next time. 
prison sentences sought against anarchist CNT union from Spanish Revolution. This is a short, badly written text about a labor dispute that apparently turned into a big mess, apparently because a company is accusing victims of sexual harassment of being aggressors against men in the company and demanding that eight people from the union go to prison and that the union pay 600,000 euros in penalties or fines or something. There's really not enough info here to know what is going on, nor where to get more. But in general, not sure how excited anarchists should be about union problems. Everyone has read Unions Against Revolution, right? Letter from Eric King. Via Eric King, this is a call for legal protest focused on federal prisons. Quote, Can we stop ignoring federal human warehouses? Every single person in fed prison has been kidnapped by a government that says our lives aren't valid, that we aren't humans deserving dignity. Not every city has a federal prison, or FDC, but a lot do, or their morbidly corrupt private partners, like CCA or GEO. In KC, my own backyard is the North Central Regional Office. The director there is J.E. Kruger. This scummer is in charge of all the brutal policies that devastate the lives of thousands of convicts. The ADX, Death Row, CMUs, Florence, Leavenworth, Englewood, and more. When cops beat us without consequence, it's Kruger allowing it. When the admin violates policy in devastating ways, like blocking someone, me, from having a single phone call for two years, he allows it. Can we not protest and bring attention to this bastard in his office of torture? Shit rolls downhill, and he can't quit shitting on us. With the COVID outbreak, we've seen both the fragility of the BOP and their indifference to our lives. With William Barr trying to fill the feds with protesters, let's give the Bureau the treatment it deserves. Let's bring the spotlight on these bastards. If this is class war, then these are war criminals. These are our enemies. These are slave houses. Let's treat them accordingly. Unquote. You just couldn't say the pig thing. They're not pigs. Pigs are great. We like pigs. Audio and video announcing Black Autonomy Podcast. 28 minutes from Black Autonomy Podcast. This is the inaugural episode of a new podcast from Lorenzo Camboa Irvin and Jonina Ebron Irvin, who are, quote, veteran organizers, former members of the Black Panther Party, and co-founders of the Black Autonomy Federation, unquote. I am not particularly aware of either host beyond Lorenzo's book, Anarchism and the Black Revolution, so my fear is coming off more than a bit glib here. However, this podcast comes off as being a bit dated despite being released just a few weeks ago. With its discussion of direct democracy as a transition to freedom, dual power, mass consciousness, and historical conditions for revolution, it is certainly not talking about my anarchy, but I did like the host's personal stories of becoming disillusioned with electoral politics. Philip on Security Culture, an hour and 24 minutes from Live Like the World is Dying podcast. This is, again, for those not paying attention, Margaret Kiljoy's anarchist prepper-focused podcast. Here they're talking with someone named Philip about paranoia, security culture, and risk. Now, if you couldn't already tell, this discussion is entirely focused on activism and how to minimize the risk of security issues compromising, quote, movements, unquote. So not exactly my cup of tea. That being said, Margaret's line about viewing everyone they meet and know as potential, if not outright, cops did get me thinking about how anarchists meet and relate to each other generally. Even if we aren't engaged in street activism and don't see ourselves as the shock troops of revolution, paranoia around state agents and entrapment are surely warranted to some degree. But if we're hoping to relate more intentionally with those around us, or at the very least a bit differently from society at large, vulnerability and risk are going to come into play at some point, which is both exciting and terrifying. 
Logan Marie Glitterbaum on Agorism, an hour and 27 minutes from non-Serbian media. This is an interview with Glitterbaum, who is, quote, a writer, bread tuber, and podcaster under the branding of Green Market Agorist, unquote, and also calls themselves an anarchist without adjectives. I guess not those adjectives, which would maybe be an interesting <laughs> contradiction were they someone else. But because they are not, we get a very weird and not totally coherent mix of advocating free market unions, incentivizing environmentalism through consumer pressure and unions, and that private police forces can be good or bad. <laughs> Non-Servium is appealing to me because it often rides the line between weird enough to be intriguing and just complete, quote, libertarian, unquote, nonsense, and this episode definitely falls into the latter category. On the plus side, they did use the term ludic revolution, which I think is fun, but then connected that to universal basic income, which is less oh, fun. Oh, God. This week's podcast was sound edited by Lino Mabel, but what's new was written and read by Chisel and Greg. We hope this podcast is useful too and fun for anarchists and the anarcho-curious. Give us feedback and constructive criticism by email at podcast at anarchistnews.org. For more information and usually some good commentary, see you at your favorite non-sectarian anarchist site with commentary, anarchistnews.org. To learn more, anarchists and anti-political books, pamphlets, and other material are available at littleblackcart.com for news by and or about anarchists and up to the minute commentary. See you at anarchistnews.org and or the iron anarchists, iron anarchists, 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 anarchists,